Um, Whoa, what is that? Love Listening to I Am the Future with Lady Fontaine, co host Dr. Jean Cirillo, Julie Zellman, and Frank Todaro. This is I Am the Future. And now, Lady Fontaine. This is Lady Fontaine, and I'm not sure if Dr. Cirillo is on the line yet or not. Yes, hello. How are you? Yeah, hi, lady. Of course, Dr. Jean is on the line. We're a team. I know. I I'm becoming see. psychic, and you already have a doctorate in psychology from England, so uh, we're, we're morphing into one another. Well, and I think some, t- some weeks I should be Dr. Cirillo and you should be Lady Fontaine. Let's switch identities. <laughs> That's a very powerful group therapy technique because you Ooh. get to like act as somebody who you'd like to be maybe and uh, you're not usually. Maybe we'll set up a show coming up. Well, I'll, I'll be Julie time. Zellman for the night then. So. <laughs> I'm excited to yeah. be Frank. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so we all have a job. This is great. But I'll also do Frank's show. Oh, okay. Now that'll be interesting. Oh, and then Frank, you could be Lady Fontaine on your show. Oh, okay. Even better. <laughs> and I could be the guest. In-house expert. Lady That's with true. a deep voice. Oh, is that me? Well, no. He he's oh, like he's a lady, lady with a, with deep a voice. deeper voice. Yeah, yeah. It's like high school all over again. Well, try. Oh no, but Frank is a is a man of many voices. So Frank, give us a female voice. Give us a <laughs> give us a lady. Give us a Julie Zellman voice. Yeah, Julie, just talk. I'll pretend it's me. We'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> hey, how is this How's this for my impression of Julie Zellman? Wow! Hey, you see that, guys? <laughs> I'm amazing. Away. But no, Frank, yeah. give us a tidbit. Come on. You guys are really putting me on the spot here. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> just Ooh. like Julie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, but we're here tonight to answer your questions on love, life, career, and what's ever on your mind. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. Tonight we're celebrating my birthday. A few days early, but it'll be a celebration night nonetheless. I'll be giving away a 30-minute free reading and a 60-minute free reading in celebration of my birthday to callers. All you need to do is call and get on the air, and you're automatically entered into this contest. Um, we'll announce the winners next week, so stay tuned. The night is young, and we'll be taking your calls a little later in the show. My good friend Jim Elkin is here to celebrate with us tonight, and we're going to have some dialogue and conversations on the paranormal. So give us a call. The number again is 646-381-4141. Okay, let's get started. We have a jam-packed show tonight. The switchboard is already lighting up, so give us a call. So, guys, how was everyone's Memorial Day weekend? I had a great weekend. The weather was amazing. Where were you? Were you out in the Hamptons? I was, well, first I was in Atlantic City where the weather really wouldn't matter because I was indoors at a casino. 
And then I was in Westchester and Connecticut. So I was pretty much, I was in New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. Three wow. Three states. Wow. And uh, I won in Atlantic City. So. I knew you did. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. Julie, Thank Julie you. has the Midas t- touch. She <laughs> it, was a, it was definitely a, uh, a good weekend. Wow. Next time I go gambling, I'm going to bring you along. You should. I've been told that I'm a good luck charm. Wait a minute. Sometimes you're good for yourself. You're not good for others. I told you I hate gambling, even if it's the church bazaar, because I never even won a stuffed animal, and everyone else did, but my dad always took me with him when he would play the money rack because I brought him good luck, and I, exactly. I would help him gamble. I used to, my dad used to bring me to the races, to the horse races, to the racetrack. And when know, I was like, you know, eight it. years old, and he'd make me pick the horse, and it uh-huh. and it won all the time. <laughs> oh, Will you pick like, you know, Powerball numbers for me or something? Oh, Lady Fontaine, you do those things on uh, Facebook <laughs> where you say pick a number between one and one hundred. Oh, yeah, I'm never even close it. ever. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the innocence of my child of my childhood, you know, I was able to come up with these winners, but. You're more <laughs> intuitive then. You just go with your feelings when you're a child. That's exactly. when you just come out with it. Uh, later on, you start censoring yourself. You Not got it. Well, I have an idea because I'm here in Pennsylvania, and we now have gambling here. So why don't we do um, a <laughs> show live here in Pennsylvania, and wow. we can go gambling before I'd and be, or after. I would be very, very happy to do that. <laughs> Yay, I'm going to win. <laughs> so anybody else do anything exciting for Memorial Day weekend? I ate no, about a metric ton of No, I was on Long beef. Island. Uh, you what? Island. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Just look, the Long Island beaches where you can't go in the water because the tide people have drowned already, even though Aye. the lifeguards were on duty. Scary. Yeah, that is scary. And Frank, what did you do? I just, just ate a lot of barbecue. I uh, oh. went to a friend's barbecue, uh, played with his uh, child, born last uh, last October, little little girl, beautiful little girl, Clara. Uh, had a question for you, Lady Fontaine. Yes. We're just going to jump right into things real quick. It was Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. You are the world's number one love psychic mm-hmm. and uh, sensitive in general. Given at, that this was a day where we remember those who have passed on, served the country and stuff in a beautiful way, is the, do human events affect the other side? Was there a buzz in the spirit world because of, say, more people thinking about them on one uh, particular day? Uh, you know, the answer, the answer to both of your questions really is yes to some degree, but not with all spirits on the other side. Um, if my... What what I really feel happens is that if a um, if somebody who has passed on still has people who are living and alive and remembering them and memorializing them in some way, shape, or form, um, I feel they're more attached to certain events or days. But in the spirit realm, there's no such thing as time or days. I mean, you know, today, yesterday, you know, six months down the road, four years in the uh, you know in the past are all mushed up into the same. I mean, it's, it's all happening at the same time. So it's more the attachments that they have to the people that are living, um, more so than anything else. 
that's actually something I would like to touch on later on uh, in, 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 a, in a later section of tonight's show is time as it relates to the other side. But, well, uh, that's an interesting concept because yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. All right? Yes, yeah. can you hear me? Okay, I don't know. Can you hear me? <laughs> a loud buzz and then silence. <clears throat> oh, okay. No, well, well, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, okay, sounds good. All right. So now it's time for Lady Fontaine's thoughts for today. Well, many of you may know that I'm a student of The Course in Miracles. Well, actually, better put, I guess I would say I'm more a student of Marianne Williamson's Return to Love, which is based on the principles of, uh, of The Course in Miracles. The Course teaches us that God means love. The Course also teaches us that there's only one mind. The Course teaches us that relationships are eternal. According to Marianne Williamson, relationships are assignments. They're part of our plan for enlightenment. Relationships represent the opportunity to learn and grow. No meanings are, are accidental. There is no coincidence. So when you're involved with someone as a friend or lover or both, you know, the relationship is truly divine and it has important lessons for you to learn. The purpose of the relationship may not be for you to spend the rest of your life with this person or to share a close-knit friendship for your entire life. Our job is to release our attachments to what we want life to bring us excuse me, and to begin embracing what life does provide for us. The gift in any, any relationship at all is having that person in your life. Rejoice your friendships and your love relationships, each one regardless of what the outcome is a divine gift. We draw on people and experiences based on where we are in our own growth process. The Course in Miracles teaches us to let go of the attachments. As we let go of these attachments, we begin to truly enjoy the now, the only moment we have. So heed this important message, my friends. Look not towards how a relationship ends up, but look at how it is playing out in your life and how you can learn and embrace the experience. You know, I I decided to talk about that tonight because for whatever reason, it must be some astrological thing going on, but there's an exorbitant number of my clients that are talking to me about breakups, relationships ending, and lack of fulfillment in existing relationships. And the majority of people that I read for, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily looking for the advice that I just gave. They're looking for... When is he coming back? Why isn't he calling? When will I hear from him? And those kinds of questions. But it's so important that we understand that, you know, our our purpose in life and our purpose in these relationships isn't really to um, manipulate or maneuver things or get it to be what we want it to be. It's more to enjoy and find the gifts and lessons in the relationships as they're unfolding before us. And that's when we truly learn what the gift of any friendship or relationship is. I love Marianne Williamson. A Return to Love is definitely one of my favorite books, and I think that anyone who uh, 
I was going to say anyone in a relationship or wanting one, that's pretty much everyone. <laughs> um, it's not even about that, as you said. It's more about your relationship with however you want to say it, God or a higher power or um, the universe. Different people say it different ways. Uh, that's the number one relationship. And then everything else revolves around that. You know, did um, did any of you see that movie, um, uh, Gifted Hands? about that doctor down at Johns Hopkins um, University Hospital. Um, Cuba Gooding played the role. I think his name was Ben Carson or something like that. It was really a phenomenal movie. And I remember when I saw the movie, I kept on thinking, my God, I don't know if he's familiar with A Course in Miracles, but he lives it. You know, I mean, his way of dealing with any sort of um, adversity in, in his own life would be, I mean, he was, he's a firm um, believer in God, so he turned all his, he surrendered all his problems to God. And that's basically what the Course in Miracles teaches us, that, you know, when we are dealing with um, relationship issues or career issues or life issues, um, that we should surrender it to this higher power, be it the universe or God or whatever our belief structure is rather than trying to control it and manipulate it on our own. And that's what the book Return to Love is really about. I mean, I, I find it, you know, just as A Course in Miracles, um, a book about me rather than a book about relationships or anything else because it right. really teaches you how to live your life. And really it sort of puts everything in perspective and shows you what's important and what isn't. I mean, I've read this book numerous times, and, and every time I read it, it's like, aha, Aha! Ah! You know, the light bulb goes off, you know, time after time after time. And you're always talking about honoring yourself, and that's a huge theme in the book as well. Well, you know, if we don't honor ourselves, then who is? And certainly right. if we're sending out that we don't honor ourselves, we get back more of that, because everything is just a perception. And that's something that, of course, the miracle says in uh, Return to Love talks about, is that everything is in our mind. It's not really happening. It's all an illusion. So the Sounds like existentialism uh, philosophy, doesn't it? I don't remember what that was. What is that? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, that 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 everything is is in our minds. That there is no universe. There is no world oh, outside of our okay. mind. So yeah, you're living in your universe. I'm living in mine. Well, I think that's the great thing about a return to love is that, of course, in miracles is very complicated. It can be very existential, and people can't really comprehend it. So Marianne Williamson took the Course in Miracles and basically interpreted it in a way that the human experience, that we can understand it as humans. And she uses her own experiences, her love experiences, her family, different, uh, different examples of people that she knows, so that it humanizes it. And, and people who aren't necessarily spiritual or religious can can understand it and start to practice the principles. Because The Course in Miracles is a tough book. I mean, I, I've had that book for, I can't tell you how many umpteen years, and I got through it once, and it took me probably six months to get through it. And truly, I, got, I get so much more from reading A Return to Love than I did with The Course in Miracles. For me, that was a tough, tough book. Right. I, I never even got past, you know, a little bit of it. I know every time I read every time I opened the book it was like, you know, I was I felt like I was reading a bible. And that was something I really related to in what Marianne Williamson had said 
um, I don't remember if it was in her foreword or her opening somewhere in her book, that, you know, that was um, her, you know, take on the book as well. But when you really get into what it means, it's so much different. It has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do, again, with us. Right. You know, and again, in, in learning how to empower ourselves, if there, I don't believe there's any book out there that's more empowering than A Course in Miracles. Well, I think that there could definitely be an entire show on just her book. <laughs> yeah, and we should do that. There's a few books that I want to do a show on, so that'll be one of them. Hi, well, didn't, you, didn't you do a show on, on the book? Uh, we did. We did last year. It was great. Yeah, before I, I came had, on, yeah, I'd like um, to do one with you. Yeah, Dr. Peter Hunt, in fact, he belongs to actually somebody that he's um, associated with um, belongs to a study group um, for A Course in Miracles, and I already spoke to him, and he or somebody from the group would be very happy to come on the show. So I will plan that sometime for probably uh, the fall or the latter part of the summer. And, you know, it's a fascinating, absolutely fascinating topic. And and I believe we need way more than one show to do do that half justice. Well, I definitely think that in the future we should uh, do a show on that and some other other books we've talked about, like Conversations with God and other ones in line. All those authors are friends with each other anyway and and speak of much of the same message. (laughs) So... Phone lines are open. Please call 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo. They are here to answer all your questions. Call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send us your questions at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. Um, does someone have the availability to play Sky McKenna's Skywatch report? My switchboard is not working at this exact moment. All right. Well, I think mine is, so let's give it a shot. Hello, everybody. This is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives on AchieveRadio.com or you can go to my new website, SkyMcKenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the energy report on my new blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. Also, my new book, Astrology in You 2010, is available on my website or on Amazon.com now. It's for the whole year and covers everything from astrology basics to major aspects, sign changes, world astrology, and there's a forecast for each sign for all of the upcoming Mercury retrograde periods and all of the eclipses. There are several. I'm told it's very useful, informative, and an easy read. And if you buy it from my website, I'll send you an autographed copy, a free birth chart, so you can follow along with the aspects if you'd like and learn more about astrology. And you'll also get free shipping if you buy it from my website. All the information is there on my website, skymckenna.com. So, we've got the wind in our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this, then, is for the week beginning Sunday, May 30th, 2010. 
Well, big things are stirring and beginning now. Eclipse season is starting again, leading us into several T-squares in the cardinal signs. And of course, that grand cross in cardinal signs is still ahead for us on August 7th. But later this month, on June 26th, we'll have a partial lunar eclipse in early Capricorn, essentially leading us into the total solar eclipse in July, and also taking her seat as part of that grand cardinal cross coming up in August. Both eclipses, along with other major planetary activity, are about powerful change, transformation, and probably more than a little drama. More about this as we go along in future Skywatch reports. There's just not enough time to cover it all in just one Skywatch report. But excitement is in the air, and some of the excitement we feel is due to Jupiter trailing just behind Uranus now. And they're going to meet up in fiery Aries on June 8th. The last time they did this was 14 years ago. But back to this week, the moon is very, very busy, and we've got several major energetic shifts at our door. Uranus moved into Aries last Thursday, and he's all about waking us up and forcing us to move forward. Other potent energies of the week include the fact that Mercury finally left his ending shadow point on May 28th. This weekend, Saturn turns direct. Neptune turns retrograde. Later in the week, Mars opposes and faces off with Neptune and the biggie this week, as I mentioned, is Jupiter entering Aries and joining electric Uranus. And they'll be conjunct on June 8th in Aries. And doors will blast open, especially in the area of your life or of your chart where this conjunction takes place. And basically the meaning of Mercury leaving his shadow, and that's the degree where he originally went retrograde back on April 18th, is that all those things that may have gotten or continue to be snarled during this retrograde can finally, once and for all, clear up and be resolved. Oh, look out, I'm beginning to feel another hallelujah bubbling up. Then we begin on Sunday, May 30th with Saturn turning direct. And there could be a collective sigh of relief with this one too, especially for those of us with Saturn prominently placed in our charts, either natally or by transit, and we may feel a new clarity now or a burden lifting, and finally be able to leave old dusty things in the past and move forward. And then late in the evening on Monday, May 31st, the moon moves from business-oriented Capricorn to humanitarian Aquarius. And we kind of have a couple of cool emotional days here, especially since we have another major energy shift happening today. Neptune turns retrograde in Aquarius, the sign of electricity and vibrations. And we'll be tuning into frequencies around us and maybe not even know why. And during this time when Neptune sits motionless, this energy will be even more intense. Our inner radar is heightened now. Psychic hits come out of the blue, and perceiving the mystical will become even more powerful. Our dreams could be more vivid and even prophetic now. And also, during this time when Neptune is retrograde, it's vital that we do our internal work, or we may experience some hazy feelings of disappointment or vague dissatisfaction. We may also feel a bit foggy around this time, so we should be prepared for that too. And then on Tuesday, June 1st, and Wednesday, June 2nd, there are only two aspects, both made by the moon. On Tuesday, the moon forms a beneficial trine aspect to the sun, and we can feel confident and make some excellent contacts if we're so inclined. We'll kind of have a best-foot-forward feeling about us. And then on Wednesday, the moon in Aquarius will square off with Mercury, and today it will be better to back off and avoid potential misunderstandings. Thursday, June 3rd, also belongs to the moon, but today she's very active in two signs. First, she opposes Mars and conjuncts Neptune before she enters mystical Pisces and forms an aspect of opportunity with Pluto. Basically, what this means is that we have a seesaw of emotions, experiences, and opportunities. And we can feel wildly energetic, dreamy, and powerful sequentially or almost all at the same time. So we'll want to have the patience and wait things out before having any important heart-to-heart -heart discussions if we can. And then on Friday, June 4th, Mars will oppose Neptune, and it's important that we stay grounded. We could experience 
experience some insensitivity, our own or others, misrepresentation or even deception, and a whole lot of me-first kind of energy. We need to be alert to disappointment now and not take action until we truly understand everything, especially things hidden. And this aspect also occurs at the last quarter of the moon in Pisces, adding to the uncertainty. So today is a good day to step back, lay low if you can, and avoid confrontation. Just wait it out. Then on Sunday, June 5th, we have another major energetic shift. Jupiter enters Aries until September 7th, and he'll join rebellious Uranus, who's already there. Jupiter in Aries is going to be a bold time and a time of breakthroughs. Aries is the pioneer, the trailblazer, and Jupiter is the seeker, the traveler, the adventurer. Old ways of looking at things and old ways of looking at ourselves can and probably will be released in a blazing wave of change. However, since Jupiter will shortly conjunct Uranus, and is still making stressful contacts with Saturn and Pluto, the old and the new can lock horns, so be ready to catch the wave, but still stay mindful. Think first, then act, if you can. Now this week I want to talk about how and where each sign may be feeling this powerful movement of Jupiter and Aries. And keep in mind that this is made even more potent because he's joining Uranus and Aries as well. As always, this will apply to your sun sign and rising ascendant sign if you know it. Aries, new starts, new opportunities, and new optimism is waiting for you. You might even find yourself on a new adventure or in unexpected travels. And you might also feel a bit more impulsive or impatient than usual. So don't let that cause unanticipated and or undesired fireworks. Taurus, bold, exhilarating dreams, waking or sleeping, are about to expand your world. Don't fight it. The future may be unpredictable, but it's going to get very exciting very, very fast. Let go of the past and be ready for the unexpected to reveal itself to you. Gemini, hopes and dreams can absolutely come true now. And new friends and associations can be expansive and electric for you. It's an exciting turning point for your hopes and wishes. Think outside the box when it comes to what you really, really want. Cancer, surprising, expansive opportunities, shifts and changes, and exciting fresh starts are in store for your career. Don't be afraid to start something new and leave the past behind. Just do it with your usual tender care if you can. Leo, surprising or out-of-the-blue mind-expanding travel is about to explode your horizons. Far-off people or places can inspire you or even reach out to you. See new possibilities. Look all the way to those far-distant horizons. Virgo, take a chance on a new partnership and be prepared to share in a whole new way. New intimate experiences, unexpected opportunities for shared resources, and life-changing psychic experiences can bolt into your life now. Allow yourself to go where you've not gone before. Libra, your partnership world is about to get bold, exciting, and unpredictable. Unconventional or surprising people are going to shake your world and change it forever. You might also find yourself making some new choices or rethinking some old commitments. And I'll say it again, hold on to your hats. Scorpio, your everyday life is about to become upbeat and enthusiastic, and you'll probably find daily routine and job possibilities expanding. Did I say exploding? And surprising and or even startling changes will shake you out of any recent boredom. Sagittarius, your own ruler, expansive, optimistic Jupiter is dancing into your love life now. Big changes are coming for you in love, pleasure, and creativity. And generous, unconventional people and things are about to rock your world. An exciting new journey is beginning. Step into it boldly. Capricorn, enthusiastic and liberating change will be lighting up and brightening your home or your family life. Expansive joy can merge with the unpredictable, leading you to newness, change, and expanding, or even an optimistic move. Allow yourself that buoyant gift. Aquarius, old patterns of thinking will explode and dissolve, and communications will come like bolts of the blue to expand your world. Let go of old stale thinking and allow your world to change and be rocked. 
Pisces, your finances are going to receive the blessing of expansive Jupiter, and you're going to be inspired and thinking big about new possibilities. Larger-than-life money-making opportunities can suddenly be available to you, so be ready for them. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Another jam-packed week of astrological action going on. Wow. Um, and and still mention of that grand cross. Yeah, we, we keep asking uh, each other what, what exactly the grand cross is uh, physically as opposed to the implications uh, through, through astrological means. But just a quick explanation. The grand cross is said to occur when four planets are separated from each other by square aspects, like 90 degrees apart, if you can picture visually. So it can be viewed as two oppositions of 180 degrees apart, separated from each other by a square. In a grand cross, as it applies here, there's one planet in each astrological element, those elements being fire, earth, and air, and water. But all the planets are signs of the same modality or equality. So this cardinal cross is said to... uh, give some difficulty in accomplishing goals and such for us us humans down here uh, with Pluto, Uranus, Jupiter, and Saturn and Mars. Uh, but uh, just to quickly explain all that. Wow, that's very, very interesting. I can't wait to really understand how it's going to impact all of us. I remember Sky said last week or the week before that if you were, and I don't remember what signs, but I was not one of those signs. Mm-hmm. Um, that it would impact you much greater. And I guess those will be the four signs that are involved in this cardinal cross. Jeez, I guess, I guess so. It might be Maybe that's why it's taking so long to uh, clean up that oil spill, that nothing's working. It sounds like everything works at cross-purposes. What helps one thing uh, hurts another, and that, that's the meaning of a cross like that. Well, I I believe that you're right on that, that, that Dr. Cirillo, but I also feel there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. I mean, I, I really feel this is a wake-up call for us in a lot of ways. It truly is. I mean, you know, talk about the destruction to the environment. I mean, this is really atrocious. Well, now it, it is, is time for the mailbag question of the day. Ladies, you ready? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's kick things off here. Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo, I am a 41-year-old single woman, never married. I was engaged once and have had numerous long-term relationships. I've been dating a great marriage-minded guy for a little over four months. About two months into our relationship, we are monogamous, talking on the phone at least once a day, sometimes more often. 
and seeing each other several times during the week, when schedules permit, and generally every weekend. We are having sex, but every time we're not every time we're together. We've not said I love you. He's not met my parents. Things were progressing well until I left on a long-awaited two-week vacation to another country without him. I went with a female friend of mine that he's met several times. I will admit that I have trouble saying what I feel, but did get the courage to tell him that I would miss him while I was away. He reciprocated the sentiment, and I left off for my vacation. While there, I was unable to call. My cell phone didn't have service. But I did send emails when I could. About four days into my vacation, I sent my first email and signed off with, I miss you. And he responded, but he did not say, I miss you too. He did say, I look forward to seeing you again in a couple of days. I wrote him one last email two days before I returned home to let him know when I would be back and that I would call him when I got in. I did not say, I miss you, and didn't expect a response and didn't get one. First question, did he mean, I miss you too? Or could it mean that he didn't miss me, didn't miss me while I was gone? I have recently returned last Friday, and things between us are just a little out of sync, although we did see each other Friday night, then Saturday night, and part of Sunday as well, all at his request. On Friday night, the first time I saw him since my return, I said things like, it's so good to see you, but I didn't say I missed you. I don't know, because towards the end of my trip, I really began to miss him. We went out to dinner and back to my place where we watched TV for a while. Suddenly I heard snoring and realized he had fallen fast asleep behind me. We generally do not get together Friday night because we're both tired from work. To wake him, I kissed him on the forehead after my show was over. Told him I was going to sleep and said that he could stay if he wanted. But if he wanted to leave, that was okay too. Be careful what you say. Before vacation, we stayed over each other's house on Saturday nights, so this would have, would not have been a first. He opted to go home and asked me for a date at his place for Saturday night. Second question, should I be happy that he wanted to see me on Friday night at all, or upset that he fell asleep on me our first night back together? I did see him Saturday night, where he cooked a surprise dinner at for, uh uh, at first, it was definitely more comfortable between us, and we ended up having sex, and I stayed over. The next day, he asked me to stay for the good part of Sunday as well, so I truly believe he likes spending time with me. Third question, am I making something out of nothing? Or is it possible that during my vacation, his feelings for me cooled a little, and we need a little time to get back to where we are? I mean, it has only been two months. One last thing which might explain my neurotic tendencies. I've had at least two relationships, which either one cooled after a vacation or two ended shortly after I returned. I really like him, and I could see myself in a more serious relationship, but I'm not quite sure how to be. For now, I'm giving him a little space and letting him reset the pace of our relationship. Is this a good idea, or are these signs that something is wrong and that I'm ignoring 
I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you for your time. Susie, Quebec, and Canada. Well, there you um, have it. I, I'm going to answer her third question first, where she asked, am I making something out of nothing? And um, I, my gut feeling is they're just different human beings that have a different processing system and a different way of handling things. And I honestly feel that it, from both of their perspectives, the relationship is progressing. It's just I feel Susie is so trying to have him take away all her fears and make her feel safe and secure in this relationship. And truly, that's not his job. That's her job. So I feel he's always going to come up short in some way, shape, or form because, as she said, she has these neurotic tendencies because she has had other relationships end, you know, when she came back from a vacation, and, and that's a part of her tremendous fear. Plus, I feel she's reading into so much. I mean, her question about, um, you know, looking forward to seeing you in a few days, and he didn't say, you know, I miss you. To me, it's the same thing. It's just a different way of communicating it. I feel if if she doesn't sort of like smother the energy with her own concerns here, I honestly feel that there's there's definitely potential here for this relationship to progress. But my concern is that with her fears and her anxiety, she's going to squash everything. Dr. Cirillo, what do you feel? Well, yeah, it sounds like uh, with vacation, you know, he might be a little concerned. I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but why uh, she doesn't, why they didn't go on a vacation together. Uh, some people take it as a sign that you want space from them, so she might be concerned, especially since it affected the other two relationships. Um, but, you know, I, I agree with you in this sense that she's depending on him to constantly make her feel secure. And, you know, if, if I were in his shoes, I would say, well, she's the one who chose to leave me for two weeks. Uh, you know, who knows what she was doing there. there. So there seems to be some issues of trust uh, between them, you know. Uh, she doesn't say she was unfaithful in any way or that she feared that he was. And some people would be if you left them for two minutes. So... There's a degree of commitment. Uh, there's more than just sex there. There's comfort and friendship, and I, I think that's part of it. I think he feels the need to get away also, like on a Friday night when he needs to sleep to be up and uh, be a complete man on a Saturday, <laughs> be at his best. The Friday kind of throw him off a little bit. Maybe he's rigid, too, and, and chemically he needs certain predictability and if he doesn't have it, he has to structure it himself, like with the difference in the nights. And he good appeared point. to be trying by making her dinner. What were you saying? No, that's a good point. That's a wonderful point that you just brought up about the structure. Um, because he doesn't feel quite as open and flexible. I feel when he gets into a routine, that's his routine. But he is. I do feel he's trying to accommodate her, and he's trying to step out of his comfort zone because – even that, I believe that was a very heartwarming thing from him to cook her dinner and everything. I feel he was planning that. He was excited about it. He did it as a big su surprise for her, and I truly feel that was a very romantic gesture on his part. If I might I inter so. interject here, uh, if, if, if I may. Uh, yes. 
it seems yeah. that Susie is uh, is very much inside her own head in this whole ordeal. I mean, especially considering what you guys just said uh, with the the play on semantics. I miss you, but you didn't say I miss you. I mean, it. I mean, uh, again, uh, Susie. I don't mean this in a insulting way, but it. it did come off sounding like something like a high school kid would say, where, oh, well, you didn't say it last, or I didn't say it. There's there's almost like a scorecard there. But what I couldn't help noticing was the time frame involved. This was a two-month relationship. It's only two months old, but it's exclusive. They're sexually active. They're spending a god-awful amount of time together, which is not bad. There are some relationships that burn really, really fast, and they don't have to burn out. But they, they, they're hot, they're heavy, and they're soon, and they're finite. And it seems like that everything is just rushed so quickly that there are no boundaries. There are no rules that in a slow-boil relationship that maybe has been going on for a year to get to the point where you're spending the entire weekend together and so on and so forth, where you had time to build those boundaries and those rules, for lack of a better term, you know? So and the the other thing that did stand out to me was when uh, when her man unfortunately fell asleep on her the day she came back. Mm. She did describe the show that she was watching as my show. So it very very oh, uh, just that one little word kind of kind of stood out to me because to me that means like because I know if I'm sitting on the couch with somebody and they're watching a show that I'm watching because I want to be nice to them and right. I'm trying to do nice for them. And if I'm the kind of guy who's going to cook a dinner for the person the next day, I'm probably a nice guy. Watching a show that he doesn't want to watch and then he has absolutely no interest in, so he just falls asleep. Right. And Friday is when she stays home usually and watches her show, and exactly. he stays home and catches up on sleep and rest and bills or chores. So he this way they can both uh, be fully there for each other. And she didn't give up her show. He gave up more than she gave up to get together on Friday. But, yeah, he wasn't interested. He was part bored, part tired, and part uh, that this wasn't his routine, and he was now uh, – being a little flexible to accommodate another person, and they, she, they might have some difficulties with that along the way. He seems a little more set in his ways than she is, but uh, other than that, you know, she takes certain things for granted, like watching her show, and he should want to sit there with her while she's watching it. Right, and I also, I also feel that um, they're not perfectly matched as far as their sex, sex drive. I feel he's very comfortable in whenever, which is oftentimes um, rare for men, and I, I feel she actually, you know, would like um, a greater frequency in their, in their intimacy. Even if she doesn't feel like she wants to be intimate, you know, that to some women, to most women, that feels like the ultimate rejection, that I want to have sex or, you know, I'm open to having sex and the man prefers to go home or prefers to fall asleep. That feels much more rejecting to anyone. Yeah, good point. And it's interesting that you also, uh, you, you said the word routine, which brings me back to the whole, it's only been two months. Mm. I mean, I have things growing in my refrigerator that have been there for more than two months <laughs> that I have more of a routine with. They still have Don't their, give them to your lady ritual. friend for dinner. <laughs> I'll make <laughs> sure to cook them real high first. No, but, but you brought but up you also, see, you brought up a good point, Frank, when, you know, you said that um, so many relationships go from, you know, like zero to 60 in 30 seconds, and mm-hmm. those tend to fizzle out very quickly as well. So if she would learn how to 
enjoy enjoy the ride enjoy enjoy the the you know the the process here rather than waiting for you know the end result or for what she deems to be you know the grand prize i feel she'll she'll be happier in the relationship and get a lot more out of it she's got to get out of her head she's just got to get out of her head yeah yeah but that but she's got she has a job to do as far as working on herself, you know, so that she's not so worried and concerned and relying on him to make her feel, you know, happy and secure. And that get out of her head, you know, and, and, and try to enjoy the relationship. To me, it feels like it's got so much potential and that it is truly a great relationship or the potential of really being a great relationship. So let's hope that she, um, you know, heeds some of this advice. And, Susie, it was a great, great question, and we very greatly appreciate you taking the time to send it to us. So tonight we're celebrating my birthday. So, again, for those of you who are waiting to speak with Dr. Cirillo and myself, we're going to be taking calls shortly. Um, and don't forget, we're running a contest tonight, so one lucky caller is going to get a 30-minute free reading with me, and a second caller is going to get a 60-minute free reading with me. And obviously, um, we, will, we have your names and we have your numbers, and we will announce the name on next week's show, and we'll let you know how to contact me to get that reading. All right, so... Um, tonight, before we, we take calls, um, we do have a guest with us tonight, and he is my cohort, cohort in many of my paranormal investigations. Um, he is um, a wonderful um, friend and a wonderful healer and a wonderful ghostbuster. And actually, he does more on the skeptical side of ghostbusting when he... Um, accompanies me on paranormal investigation. So I'd like to introduce to you my dear friend, Jim Elkin. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi. So what have you been been up to these days, Jim? Uh, Have you done any ghost busting? These days, no, I haven't been doing much of my own. Um, Mostly I've been convincing my daughter that we don't have ghosts. uh, (laughs) Oh, she thinks you do? Well, she's nine years old. I know, but then she should call in the team extraordinaire and have them do some ghost busting. Actually, incidentally, I'm working on an article for Fate magazine, um, and the story that I am writing about is, remember the, um, and I think we've talked about it on the air already, but the um, the episode in um, somewhere in northern New Jersey that we went to Bridget's house with the little boy who was seeing the 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 ghost with the old man with the knife or something. Right, and and the ghost left with those yes. people, meaning you and yes. Jim. Yes. yes, I remember that. Yes, so I'm writing that one up, Jim, and then I'm going to send it to you for your editing and your comments. Oh, great. I'd like to see that. Yeah, because um, I was asked to do an article for them, and that was one of what I felt was one of our most memorable um, ghost-busting bu- ghost adventures. Do you have any others that you thought were, were you know, really dynamic or stood out in your mind? Well, there was the one about the house that you were thinking about moving into. That was that was pretty oh, exciting. That one was horrible. <sighs> this um, one was so... Do you remember that time um, my friend Diane had come up because we were going to do work in that house, 
and she would not even go into the bathroom on her own. She was so scared. Remember, I had to go into the bathroom with her. Yes, yes. Do you remember? Yes. I don't remember you actually having to go in the bathroom. I did. You <laughs> said something terrible must have happened in that bathroom, by the toilet, by the mirror. Right. That, right. that was the worst spot. Right. That was the upstairs bathroom. But even downstairs, it was so, this house was so spooky. I don't know how I ever, ever even signed a lease. I don't know how I ever did. That house was so weird. Yeah, it was It was pretty, pretty strange. Um, and... Uh, uh, there was also the visit that we made to the, the place where you were born, you know, that, that house, at least the one you grew up in. Yeah, that one was... Um, On the shore, yeah. Yeah, do you have any... What was, What's your most um, profound memory of that? Oh, that just, just the memory of the, of the owner describing to us, you know, the current owner describing to us how the, the chandelier collapsed and, yeah. and, and pulled, the, pulled the ceiling down. Like they were all sitting in their living room having a great time watching television, and suddenly the whole kid, the whole dining room just collapsed. Um, and the dining room was below the two bedrooms that I had. I used to go from one bedroom to the other when I was a kid, and because one was more haunted than the other, so when I got too scared in one, I would go to the other. Um, and they had an engineer come in, and the engineer said there is absolutely no structural reason why that right. roof collapsed. Right. Yeah. It wasn't. It didn't get old or dirty or whatever. It just it just it just fell on its own. Um, so yeah, there's 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 some pretty pretty interesting things that that happened around those. Um, something's occurring to me about an apartment, but I'm not sure that you were with me on that trip. Uh, I did some work in an apartment in Manhattan that uh, that had actually a cat ghost in it. Ah. It wasn't a real haunting. I mean, the, the owner wasn't complaining about about strange things happening. I just remember sitting and you know, I was doing a feng shui analysis actually uh, and noticing that uh, that I could feel a cat moving around in the room and there was no cats in the house. Mm. And mentioning it to the owner of the apartment and they, and they said, oh yeah, the previous owners had cats. So, Was it like a demon cat or just a visiting cat? Just a visitor. Well, do you remember, you weren't with me uh, on, on this given night at that house that I'd rented in New Jersey um, that you were talking about earlier, but uh-huh. I remember, um, do you remember my friend Laura, who was yes. the attorney? Uh-huh. So she had come with me that night, and basically our only reason, at that point I realized I could not stay in that house, and her only function that night was to help me get clothes and jewelry and get you know, the, the necessities out of that house. Right. So we, we that's all we did. We went in the house. We went right up to the bedroom. I was getting my my jewelry and my you know my suits and my clothes out of there. And all of a sudden, we were standing by the front door, and she said, "Get out!" And I go, "What? What? What's going on?" She says, "Just get out of the house. I'll tell you when we get out of the house." And um, I'm like so freaking out at this at that point, and we. We run out the front door. I don't even set the alarm. I don't even lock the door. I mean, I ended up going back and locking the door. Um, and then she told me, she said, I'm not going to tell you until we're in the car and driving away. What had happened was she felt something rub against her leg and, you know, felt like a cat. So she lifted, you know, she was carrying some of my suits. So she lifted the suits up and looked down, and there was nothing there. But she still felt it slinking, you know, like a cat slinky, you know, uh-huh. that slinky way it goes, it rubs against you. It was yeah. still rubbing against her. And uh, I remember, remember my cat Blossom, she was she was terrified in that house. Yeah, yeah. 
That's right. Yeah, the other cat was spooking the cat. If the cat right. did that to people, imagine what it did to other cats. I know that's true. How about the dogs? Did the dog? How did the dogs and the cats get At along? At that time, it? I only had one dog, and that was Lucky. No, yeah, that was Lucky, and he was right. the one who he freaked out in the bathroom upstairs with me when that ghost right. showed itself. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't. I was oblivious. I didn't even pick up anything. I mean, he was shaking. His teeth were chattering. His tail was between his legs. He was, and his head was like spinning, watching something. So he was terrified, but he, I was afraid to leave my dogs. I mean, I had a, a friend, um, Tom, who lived in not that far from where this house was. So he used to come over right after work and, you know, stay with my dog and cat until I got home because I was afraid to stay in that house alone. And it was all of like two weeks that I stayed in that house and realized it wasn't just me being spooked because it was a new house or something like that, that there was something very uncomfortable in that house. Yeah. Yeah. So those are those are the those are the the top ones at this point. Um, I, I remember that we did some other ones, but I I, I can't I can't uh, I can't put my finger on where, where and when. Um, I well, I remember on. that one. It was somebody I think that was in one of your classes, and they they had an apartment in New York, and right. I remember that her brother. Um, because what used to happen is when you and I would travel to the location. As a psychic, I would start picking up and channeling right. things before. So I remember saying to you, "Who? Who? I'm picking up somebody in a motorcycle. Who is that in a motorcycle?" And then I then I picked up that he had passed on, and she, you said to me that was her brother. Right. And there was also a dog in that, a, a ghost dog in that apartment too. But I don't remember the the specifics of that particular adventure myself no. either. Oh, so. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's all kind of, kind of, uh, kind of passed on. Um, um, what about reviewing some of the equipment that we that we use? I was just thinking about equipment. In fact, I was just going to ask you. You, me, and Frank were having a conversation a couple of uh, months ago on that Frank's box. Uh, the did Frank's box def- discussion. Did we <laughs> definitely decide that that's something we're not going to use? What's that? Remember, we we were looking at some links and some information about Frank's box. It was supposed to be the, uh, a oh, Frank's box, tool. yeah. You know, yeah, I'm, and you said you, you were talking even a building one. Yeah, we were. It, it's not that hard to build one. Uh, they've, they've actually got some recipes for them online that that uh, you can just you can just go and buy a special radio and and clip one wire and suddenly it's a Frank's box. It's as easy as that. <laughs> Really, a Frank's is. box. It's named after Frank. <laughs> it's, it's not our Frank, but it's a, it's another Frank. Uh, Actually, okay. I'm kind of a big thing. I don't know many Levinson <laughs> books. Essentially, what it is 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 um, uh, a a scanner that scans across the AM or FM bands, and and as you ask questions, for some reason the scanner slows down or speeds up and hits a word, so you'll hear like an answer come out of the box. Um, at times, um, I've seen it used in, in incredibly well in uh, in online. I'm uh, sorry, on, on TV. But uh, uh, the experiences that I've seen uh, uh, of people using it um, in the examples online don't, don't seem to be that interesting. Uh, so I'm I'm a little dubious about it myself because it's it's basically just scanning FM and, and selecting words that are coming out of different programs that are on the on the or on the on the radio channel. Um, 
it doesn't. It's not like a. It's not like a, a trifield meter. You know, the, the, the EMF detector that we that we use a lot. Um, that's that to me is a lot more valuable because it's it's not. You know, it doesn't have that element of randomness about it. You know, if if there's if there's uh, electromagnetic things happening, right? You get the information right away. Um, and and uh, I've, it's really amazed me because I've owned my trifield meter for what maybe 15 years now. Yeah, me too. Uh, and and now I'm watching people on TV using the exact same thing. Right, right. <laughs> so you, mean, you were like the forerunners in in using that all those years back. Well, not forerunners. I mean, there were people who were using it before, which is where I got the idea. Um, I just I, I what I did is I I looked up uh, trifield meters. Uh, there wasn't any internet in those days, at least not like it is today. So I managed to find uh, some information about it on, on some catalogs and contacted this, this company out in, gosh, I don't know, Indiana or Ohio or something like that. They made them originally to uh, to test for leaking uh, electric circuits and things like that. Um, and so it's got a microwave setting, radio and electric, and Two magnetic settings, one for the zero to one hundred range and one for the zero to three range, and uh, uh, we would set it to the zero to three range and and, and watch for what would happen. Um, the Earth doesn't really give off so much magnetism that it would that it would affect uh, this meter, and it's called a trifield meter because it measures inf- measures magnetic waves in three directions, straight ahead to the left and to the right. So you can kind of wave it around anywhere you want to, and it, it will. If there's anything, and if there's magnetism coming in from any any direction, it'll pick it up. Very useful tool. Um, and what I did is I, I I would draw a picture of the house. You remember? Yep. I would draw a schematic of the floor plan, and I would do a scan around the whole floor plan with my trifield meter the moment we walked into a house. And then after. After we were there and things started changing, then I would have a baseline to go from. I'd say, okay, we went through here and there was nothing here. Now there's like a five or a six. Something's right. changed. Right. In fact, when we were at Bridget's house, I remember that you couldn't figure out why in that front bay window area um, that we were getting such tremendous hiss. Right. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and sometimes it's like a refrigerator would turn on. So it, it would it would start tapping uh, uh, a line that's going past going through the wall that I'm standing next to, and you would see it suddenly open up like a gate, and then you'd hear and you'd listen and go, okay, there's a refrigerator on. So you go turn off the refrigerator, and then it would go down again. But sometimes there's nothing there. There's no electricity. Uh, you, you can ter- you can check to see how the electricity enters the house and how it moves around the house, and and uh, sometimes it's just no reason. And and like you said. Testing at one minute, there's nothing there, and testing at another minute, there's something there. Nobody can explain why. <laughs> it's really strange, but you know something's going on. Right. Well, do you remember when I was building this house here in Pennsylvania? Yes. For all the orbs and everything oh, that yes. I was photographing, and there was no. I mean, you, you and and your wife came up here. Yes. And um, I mean, and there was no electricity here in the house. Yeah, it was flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but was it flat? There, there, I didn't find anything. I didn't find anything unusual, because it, because it was basically woods at the time. There wasn't any electricity to the house yet. Yeah, but then that would be more of a reason that if we did yeah. get some higher readings, that it would have been really valid. I don't remember that that it was flat because uh, in pictures I had so many things of hearing. 
Well, I, I remember that you you had the sense about it at the time that it was really powerfully good energy. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Yeah, and so I get the feeling like it wasn't wasn't like ghosts walking around. It was more like some kind of earth earth uh, spirit that was blessing your home. Well, do you remember that angel that I caught um, a picture of in my backyard? No. Yeah, I have it on my old computer. I have to somehow get all my my pictures off of that old Dell. Which Um, backyard? The backyard here in my house in Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania, okay. Uh No, I don't think I ever saw that. You, You probably did. You just don't remember. I'll have to figure out how to get all my pictures off of there. Um, yeah, it, it it's amazing. And then some of the orbs and stuff that I mean, they're they're amazing. I mean, it was uh-huh. just absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we're we're we are planning some upcoming um, paranormal investigations. In fact, I am looking into a site right now in Gettysburg that Frank and I were talking about the other night. Um, we just need to sort of set a date that works for all of us. And, you know, if, if possible, um, one of the places that I'm looking at is a, an inn where we could rent out rooms so we can really be doing a paranormal investigation overnight. That'd be great. Really neat, yeah. Yeah, we really, we really, that really would be neat. So, um, Jim, offline, I do need your, the dates. I know you just ran some by me before the show started. Yeah. But, <coughs> excuse me, if you could tell me when you're going to be back. Um, you know, and when give me you know like a few different weeks that you're available, and then I'll check with everybody else and see what we can do. Okay, I'll because do that. Because I w- I definitely would like to um, do a paranormal investigation and then have you back here on the air and play some of the things, some of the EVPs and some of the experiences that we have right here on the air. That would be fun. Um, we might want to get some kind of Ederol, some kind of a digital recorder, because those seem to be very good for for uh, EVPs. Oh yeah, you did once send me a link for things to look at. Um, would you be able okay. to send that to me again? Sure. Okay. Yeah, we'll look into that. Oh, and Frank, do you have a digital recorder? Uh, I use uh, micro cassette tapes, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little uh, archaic in that regard. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, okay. I know, but that's what what I have as well. So um, we'll have to look and see if we could upgrade a little bit on that. And Frank, what what? Um, tools do you use so we'll know between all of us what we need? I, I uh, have an EMF meter myself. Uh, I had a temperature. I have a, the room oh, thermometer, yeah, but but uh, oh. but that was that was otherwise absconded by someone else. Um, and my gut, my gut's pretty good. Yeah, good. Well, <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to doing some um, paranormal investigations with both of you. And Dr. Cirillo, are you going to join us? Oh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, well, how do we know the right place, though, to go ghost hunting? I mean, is there any proof that we're likely to find ghosts there? Yeah, um, we're looking at places that are known to be um, to have a lot of activity. And again, you can never guarantee that it's going to have activity the night that we go or the weekend or whatever that we go. But most likely, let me tell you, I'm, I'm a beacon of light for the other side, and when I'm in town, they're all around. You okay, know, if we not, have already I'll call been reported. Them. If not, I'll yeah. just call them and say, yo, come on over. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, let them know you're coming, you know, ahead of time so they'll be on their best behavior. 
Right, right. So it should be fun. So, and I again, like I would like to do is really play play the segments here on the air, um, and have a show just on whatever site that we um, that we we finally decide on. So hopefully, you know, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, we're going to have a date that we're going to do that, and we're going to have a location that we're going to be doing a live paranormal investigation. Actually, I have a quick quick uh, quick question for both of you. Yeah. Uh, number one about the uh, about the location. Uh, just to give a quick spoiler, uh, the Invisible World, uh, which is an awesome radio show that's coming up after this one. Uh, there's a uh, Civil War battlefield. Speaking of battlefields, that I just read they're building a Walmart on uh, a, the Wilderness Battlefield down in uh, Orange, Virginia, which might be a little bit harder for us to get to, but will no longer be the battlefield that's going to have all sorts of shotguns and produce being sold on, on that oh area. So so we're losing it soon. Uh, it's just well, wait a minute. Are the, are the, the ghosts going to allow that? There might be a lot of problems for the Walmart customers. You know, right. You've heard of murders and terrible things happening well, around Walmarts uh, in the past couple of years. I'm yeah, wondering right. if uh, they're building in the wrong places. That's a good now they, you might actually have the union just marching down the clothing section to make their southern push. I mean, this is like the big turning point of the war too. So, uh, but there's been a lot of a lot of reports of uh, all sorts of creepiness and actually flashes of light from where cannons used to be, and people actually see bodies in the trenches, which still exist today. But uh, but more on that later. So that's another idea. Wow. A lot of that is. What, I'm sorry. That's what they call a residual haunting. Which means yeah. it's like there's there's stuff that's just kind of a reenacting. It's like the the earth is being a tape recorder, and when they build build a, something new there, a lot of that a lot of times that stuff stops happening. So that may be the other result. Where is that? Is that Northern Virginia or Southern Virginia? Do you know? Jeez, I, offhand, I don't know. I want to say Northern just because oh. of uh, history, I guess. But I really don't. I can't. I can't be quoted on that. I apologize no. No, to those of you living okay. in Orange. We'll look that up and we'll see, and then yeah. you know we'll try to identify a site that we want to do that works for everybody, and then we'll do it. Because we're definitely doing it, you know, this summer sometime. The other thing I wanted to ask uh, about uh, about the tools you guys are talking about the Frank's box, which I, yeah. we've had arguments about that in the past. Yeah. Um, I'm not sold on it personally, but there's this other thing where I swear I even have an iPhone app that is a version of this machine. It's a recording of it would be a, a computer voice that has a vocabulary of several thousand words where you'd bring it into the room and apparently the ghost or whatever entities in the room would choose from these words and make those words randomly appear. So, And then they would keep a log of this. Have you heard of this? No. I've actually seen it in action on, on, I think it was Ghost, uh, no, Paranormal, whatever, that that, that show. I've seen okay. it used something like that. Um I've 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 had this. I mean, I, it was it was interesting because the stuff that that they the 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 results that they got were contextual. The the the, the things that happened on the machine seemed to reflect what was going on in the room. Um, 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 on the other hand, I have a hard time knowing who handed out the manuals to the ghosts. <laughs> How to use the machine? <laughs> exactly. So I, that's you know for me conceptually it it sounds like uh, it sounds a little strange like I mean maybe we could go through a process of training a spirit how to use one and then you know but I don't know how they automatically intuitively 
understand this piece of equipment and are able to... Well, if ghosts could read when they were alive, uh, you know, certainly they can read the manual now. So I guess so. But I feel just like you go to different countries and you could speak English to the ghosts and they understand. I just feel there's um, some sort of connection and automatic translation to things. I'm not as... Um, and that that's funny because I'm I'm usually well you are the skeptic and I'm not yep. so I guess we're still playing our role here but but I I that doesn't feel as offensive to me as as it seems like it does to you. Well, how different is that then from say a Ouija board, which is in essence a very much dumbed down version of the same thing, where the spirit is manipulating the human body or so or uh, the the. Uh, thing itself to write what it's saying out. I mean, and then, of course, we come back to what you were saying earlier, Lady Fontaine, how time doesn't exist on the other side. There might be a point in time where everyone understands these things anyway, and whatever great collective consciousness is on the other side, they know the intricacies of my iPhone. So, I mean, there's there's a couple ways <laughs> to look at it. But at the same Maybe time, the it does kind of the They invented it. Isn't that one yeah, of the yeah. theories about computers and UFOs, that some of the parts came from what could only have been from uh, foreign matter? <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I believe that that's true. That, yeah. I, I, if, if aliens are responsible for this crappy phone that cuts out in every other conversation, <laughs> seriously, guys, you couldn't do better. You can fly across eons, but... Uh, I somehow feel that it would be something that we've done wrong in the uh, in the wiring of the device or something. Yeah, it's backwards engineering, of course, right. never works. Right, I know. <laughs> but in any event, there's a lot to look forward to, a lot that we still want to do on the show with some paranormal investigations. So I definitely look forward to this, guys. Um, you know, Jim, um, please send me available dates soon because we want to try to lock this sure. in for July yeah. sometime. Do that tonight. All right. Well, yeah. One more thing I want to say. Even though I'm the skeptic, I'm open. To, I'm open to testing things, and the proof is in the pudding. You know, if it if it if it works and it looks contextual and there's no other way I can explain it, then what can I say? Well, you that's know? see. I feel the more stuff we have, even certain things I might not agree with, or I might prefer just to do it myself anyhow. But you know, I don't know. If there's certain tools out there, I like to be as open as I can to see what may work. And incidentally, this is something that um, this is to Frank and Jean and Julie um, and Rachel, as well as to the listeners. Um, when we do the show on the paranormal investigation, um, there will be a segment when I'm actually doing a live séance. But my séances are a lot different than anything you've ever seen. And that's something to look forward to, but we have to take some calls I before the show do. ends. I know, okay. we do. So. We have a bunch of callers waiting, but Jim, thank you so very much for being here. We so look thank forward you, to sir. doing some paranormal investigations with you. Okay. All right, thank uh, you. Should I hang out? I'll, um, I'll yeah, you can hang fun. out and listen. Okay. Okay. All right, who is our first caller? Our first caller is Eileen, and she is wondering if there is hope for her marriage. Eileen. Yes, hi. 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 Um, so tell us a little bit about what's going on and give us your husband's first name. Um, yes, well, uh, his name is uh, Jim, and um, we've been together for like 27 years, mm-hmm. and uh, he moved out about five months ago. Um, yeah, midlife crisis, you know, stressed over a lot of different changes in our life. We moved 
back from overseas, four kids, you know, some of them going to college, big financial stresses, that kind of thing. All right. Well, first, um, let me say that I I definitely feel this is very needed for him. Um, and, and, and I, you know, it doesn't feel to me that he's running off and, you know, actually rebuilding a new life. He feels like he's going through the motions and trying to, but I don't feel his energy being fully vested in what he's doing. I, although, that being said, I do feel another female around him, but it feels to me to be more um, what I kind of want to say, um, more just somebody there. Do you know, is he seeing somebody? Um, no, I don't believe so. There was someone that kind of, um, he was, Worshipping from afar, sort of like, uh, but you know, not really that far. Um, they would see each other at workshops a couple times a year, and and. Um, Do you know what her first name was? Jennifer. I mean, that could be the energy that I feel, um, because what I'm feeling around him, like I said, doesn't feel to me to be a grand, grandiose relationship or anything of that nature. It feels to me almost like. Um, I don't know, just, it's it's sort of like a kid, you know, in a candy store. It's it's sort of like him just needing um, some opportunity to be him, just some opportunity to be um, not, you know, a, a husband, a father, and everything else. It, it feels more about freedom in his energy and Jim's energy than anything else to me right well, now. Well, what was his experience like overseas? It seems like sometimes that affects somebody. They're traumatized with the things they see and hear that they feel the need to be alone and get away from people, even if it's their family. Um, well, you know, it's just uh, it's stressful. A lot of energies to deal with uh, over in France. So it was it was stressful for him. Okay, I mean, I think that's affected him in some ways that he doesn't really want to dump on his family and he, he's feeling more, it's not to go to another female, but to just kind of go off into his cave as men do and uh, be by himself with his thoughts and and regroup. You know, sometimes that happens when somebody has a military experience. It's hard for them to get back into civilian life. Well, it wasn't military, but it's sort of like that. <laughs> but no, it's a company. <laughs> work, work oriented. Yeah, yeah, work. yeah. Whatever it was, I mean, it it seems to be that I think there's some stuff that he's not telling you about that, and it's not related to a love relationship. It's related to uh, kind of the secrecy of his work or whatever it is he does that uh, concerns him. That he really can't share or doesn't want to share, if that's a big issue in his life and that this might pull him away again and, you know, it's almost like he's resisting feeling too much for for his family now because he's, he's being pulled in two directions, trying to ride two horses and falling in the middle. But I do feel the very strong potential, I mean, that his attention is going to be re- um, focus back to his family. I'm feeling, to me, it feels like sometime after the summer. For right now, I'm going to say September, October time frame. Um, and I, I feel once he he shifts his attention back to you and to the family, it's it's going to grow in in momentum. It, it it just feels to me that you guys have not fully run your course. And I do agree with Dr. Cirillo that he needs time. He needs space. It feels like this time away from you is about him refinding himself. 
um, it, 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 it feels like it's a necessity for him right now. It doesn't feel like it's, you know, a luxury. It really feels like a necessity because he feels in a way to me like he's, he's struggling for air, like he's drowning in a way. I think he really needs a sabbatical, but he just you know, feels he can't do that. Mm. Well, I, I has he I, to me it doesn't feel like he's filed for divorce. Has he at this point? No. Yeah, and I don't feel that he will. Um, my gut feeling is, as I said, the September October time frame. Um, is that do you, do either of you have a birthday in in the fall? End of July. Both okay. of us. Okay. Um, it is, is. Do you have an anniversary? Or, because it almost feels around a celebration to me. Uh, can't think of any of us. Uh, my do- one of my daughter's birthdays is end of August. Mm. Something may come up that turns oh, out. Oh no! To be yeah, he, uh, his brother's son has a wedding. Okay, bingo. Out in Texas. Okay. In September. Yeah, um, and that I feel is going to be a refocusing point for him. Um, I just feel the the feeling of family, the importance of family. It's all going to hit him, and it's all going to sort of start reshifting for him back to you guys. So I'm not ever one to say wait, but in this particular instance, I don't feel you're ready to move on. No. Um, and my gut feeling is, you know, in the next few months, he will be taking steps back towards you. So if you could hang in there, I do feel you're going to see a big change in him. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Let us know how it turns out. All right, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Deanna, and Deanna is wondering if her current relationship will continue or if she's going to move on. Hi, Deanna. Hi. Hi. Deanna? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Um, Hi. So tell us a little bit about what's going on and the person's first name. Well, his name is Sean, and um, we are just, He's he's a cheater. <laughs> he cheated um, some months ago um, while we were living apart, and you know, I, and he asked to propose to me. He proposed to me, and I said yes, not knowing the extent of the relationship he did have. And then after the fact, he told me what happened, and it's just been really putting a strain on you know on the relationship, and um, and just everything is just irritating me about just little things, you know, and we've been bickering. So, you know, I just want to know, in, you know, is it going to, you know, our relationship is going to go on or are we going to work it out or we are just going to part ways? Well, let me let me say this to you. First, I, I feel um, a, 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 this feels like a tug of war between the two of you. It feels like an extremely challenging energy. I, I feel him mm-hmm. not only cheating, but I feel him all over the place. Um, and I don't necessarily mean with other women. I just feel his focus not on, not solely on you. And I don't feel him delivering on promises. Um, I just feel him, and, and and I also feel his energy very much taking things for granted, um, and mm-hmm. not really applying himself to the relationship. I feel he talks about it at times, but he doesn't deliver on it. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. However. Um, Scanning him to see. You know, when you said he's a cheater, um, I, 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 I so feel um, 
I, I feel many layers of that, and it's hard for me even to explain what I feel, but it almost feels to me that there are people that he sees, there's people that he may talk to either on the phone or online or write to. It just feels to me there's more than one person out there at any given time. Do you know that to be true or a fact? No, I don't know. He, he oh, he's got a lot on his mind. It sounds like like the first thing on his mind is himself and, and what he wants to do, and he's not that committed to this relationship. It seems like there's more holding you here than holding him, the way you describe it. I mean, why, yeah. do, you, why do you want to hold on to this relationship now? He, he doesn't seem ready. What, what's good about it on your part? Well, I just feel like, um, you know, we have children, and um, after, you know, we said, okay, we're going to try to work on the relationship, we went to counseling, and, you know, um, you know, and I, I, I have a lot to lose with my children and their emotional oh, okay. state. And, and, you have children. You know, I just, yeah. So how, just how, did he, to, how did he handle the counseling? He, um. Uh, he he went, he set everything up, and he kind of like, you know, like he always like defensive every time. And, you know, when I talk about things that have happened, um, it's like, okay, I cheated. I'm sorry. You know, okay, now can we move on? Mm. It's like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? He doesn't really you know? understand that this is this is a major uh a major problem for a relationship of this nature. It's not a little thing that he did. It's a big thing. And mm-hmm. one thing you do have to understand is, first of all, why did it happen? Second of mm-hmm. all, uh, where's the uh, where's the evidence that it won't happen again? You know, what's going to be exactly. different? And, and he has to be able to answer those questions. Exactly, and he's not. He's like, you know, um, uh, I said, well, five years down the line when things get rough, you know, I feel like you'll do it again. And what, how you does know? he respond to that? Like, well, I've never been your husband before, and, you know, I, I love you, and, I, you know, I, this is what I want. I want our family, and so on and so on. So well, I'm like, you know, I don't I waste do, my time. I do believe at the core he does love you and, and, and the family, but I do believe um, that he has sort of very weak boundaries of, or, or, or even an understanding of really um, being a consistent in a relationship and being loyal. I feel he knows, you know, he knows he's not doing it, but I don't feel he knows how to do it. That's why I asked you earlier how he did with counseling, because I feel if he truly applies himself and takes the lead from the the counselor, um, he may learn some of the right ways and things to do rather than looking outward. But my gut feeling is that it's um, he, he just feels as if when things aren't going well, he shuts down and turns away rather than turning towards mm-hmm. you to work it out. Yeah. And that's a so problem you, in a relationship. Yeah, that is. Yeah. And that's where he would need to more or less correct it because that's where I feel him swaying again is that when things aren't working right in the relationship, instead of trying to work it out, it feels to me that he goes elsewhere. That's just you know, like they say, his M.O., and that's mm-hmm. what you would need to get the right guidance and counseling to be able to correct that behavior. Mm-hmm. 
and you know I don't I don't want to go through any of that again. So that's why I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to just try to try to say it's gonna be a struggle to try to find me and my children, you know, somewhere else to live and just go on with my life. Or you know, if if not, I would like to work it out and you know work it out, you know. But if, I don't want to go back through any of that again. Well, how you know, committed is just... he to continuing in therapy and moving forward? Because my gut feeling is he needs to learn how to be in a relationship. Yeah, that's what he told me too. Mm. And we've been we've been together since we were fifteen. Well, All right. well that, there's potential. You know, you, he he's got to focus on this though in order for the uh, for the future to hold any real promise for the two of you. Deanna, you know, my gut feeling is. Um, I don't feel in your energy, I feel the fear in your energy and the fear of getting hurt again, but I don't feel that you're ready to move on yet. So I would apply yourself to work with him and get and see how committed he truly is to making this relationship work. Okay. All yeah, right? So you don't see, do you see it happening again? You know, the potential is there. That's what concerns me, but he's got the power to stop it. It's all a matter of how committed he is to fixing the problem. Okay, so you don't see me moving away or anything? Right now, I don't. I don't. No. I don't feel you're ready. Okay. okay. But remember, there's always free choice. But right now, you're not, there's nothing in your energy that shows me other than fear, fear of getting hurt. Um, that's all that I feel um, is holding you back from moving forward with him. Okay. All okay. right. Mm-hmm. All right. And, well, um, keep us po- keep us posted. We are running out of time. Keep us posted. Okay. Let us know how things how things work out. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good luck to you. Uh-huh. Julie, do we have time to do one quick call? Um, if we do, that'll end the show. We won't be okay. speaking well, afterwards. We'll, okay. Well, every then we'll do that. Okay. So. Our next call and our last call is from Valerie. Hi, and Valerie. Here's Valerie. Valerie, hi. Hi, hi hello. Happy Good. birthday, Lady Fontaine. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah. how can we help you tonight? What's your question? Uh, will I meet a love interest this summer? Will you meet a love interest this summer? I'm just scanning your energy. <sighs> okay, a couple things are jumping out at me. One, um... You know, I'm 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 actually kind of feeling somebody entering your your energy. Um, kind of feels to me the very early part of July. It doesn't feel to me that this is like the soulmate of all soulmates or anything like that. But it certainly does feel to me that um, he's a um, kind of what I want to say a very dashing kind of guy. It feels to me that he's very handsome. Um, very, very, very fun, very... It, it's just show, coming through as a very happy, very joyous kind of connection, but it's not striking me with tremendous depth. So my gut feeling is you're going to have a wonderful... You're going to meet somebody, you're going to have a wonderful time being with them. Um, it, it isn't necessarily going to be the love of your life kind of scenario, but it certainly will make for, um, a, you know, a, a great date, great dates, great fun, um, and um, some really exciting times this summer. When I look further ahead in your energy, I'm feeling a very, very the potential of a very, very deep connection with somebody. Um, sometime I would say 
from the what's coming to me is actually November 17th. So I would say the middle of November could actually come in as late as the middle of December. So that one month, um, I feel there's an energy out there. It feels so aligned with your energy. Um, it feels to me that, you know, this guy is somebody who's going to, I don't know, treat you the way you deserve to be treated, um, is very in line with the things that you like to do and that you enjoy doing. Um, his energy is coming through as being supportive, loyal, honest. I mean, a lot of really wonderful attributes. And he's out there, but it's later in, it's later in this year. It also feels to me that there's somebody from your past that isn't quite gone. So is there somebody who's still lingering around in your energy? Trying to, trying to. Um, that person feels to me that he's going to continue to be around, and I'm actually feeling almost as if you're going to have some change of heart regarding that person in August. So the summer is not going to be a lonely summer for you, and it's not going to be um, one that's not filled with you know, men and events because it feels to me you're going to have many options throughout the course of the summer, and you're going to have a lot of invitations to go places and a lot of fun. But to me, it feels like this very, very strong emotional connection is going to be with this guy that's going to be coming in in the latter part of the year. Oh, great. Thank you so, so much. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Lady Fontaine, we have less than a minute left of our show, so if you want to wrap it up with a yes. closing announcement. Yeah. Um, and a happy birthday from all your co-hosts. Yeah. Oh, thank birthday. you so much, guys. Thank you so much. And thank you to all our Thank you to all our listeners and callers for inviting us into your homes tonight. We love hearing from you. Thank you to our guest, Jim Elkin. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you also to my co-hosts, Dr. Dean Cirillo, Frank Tadaro, and Julie Zellman. Special thanks to Rachel Look, who did a great job screening calls and helping us with the switchboard. Thank you. Many blessings to each of you, and I am in gratitude to all of you. Have a wonderful week, and remember to honor yourself, and you'll automatically brought in countless experiences that honor you. Paranormal enthusiasts, remember to tune in to Frank Tadero's The Invisible World. Either call 718-508-9285 or check out the show page here on Blog Talk Radio for The Invisible World. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you back here next week. And remember to reclaim you. We are always here to honor and support you and provide you with the guidance to help you aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all, and have a wonderful week.